There are a great many times at church meetings that they do not share certain scriptures because those scriptures would cause people to leave their church group. And they wouldn't have as many people and as much money. I attended a library dinner at Texas Tech University when I lived in Lubbock. They had assigned seating, and I was at a table seated next to a man who was wearing the largest wooden cross around his neck that I have ever seen. It was at least 12 inches long. There were about six to maybe seven other people sitting at the table where I was assigned. It was a round table. And we were sitting facing each other. This man began to speak to the group at the table. And he identified himself as the former pastor at Indiana Street Baptist Church. He said, oh, we have such a terrible problem at the church. We have so many people coming to church that we can't even seat them. We've added on to the auditorium three times, and we still don't have enough room to seat the people. I said to this man, Well, if you would speak what Jesus spoke in Matthew 5.32, You would offend people, and they would leave, and you wouldn't have any trouble seating the people. He was shocked. And I went on to say, because Jesus spoke, that whosoever shall put away his wife, divorce his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causes her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. If you would speak that, they would be very offended, many people, and they would get up and leave your church group. And the reason you have so many people coming to your church group is you don't speak scriptures like that because you know they would offend the people. The man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. The man who divorces a faithful wife and marries another woman commits adultery. And he causes that divorced woman, his faithful wife, to commit adultery. Those things aren't spoken at church. Why? They wouldn't be popular. People would leave the church. But the power of God is in these things. Many, many things written in the New Testament are eliminated and omitted from church groups because they would offend some in the congregation and they would lose people. This is one of the primary ones. Now, something else that would offend them very greatly is 1 Corinthians 7, 10 and 11. I've never heard it spoken at a church group either. 
Paul says unto the married, I command, yet not I, but the Lord. This is a commandment of the Lord for the New Testament church. And in 45 plus years, I've never heard this spoken at a church group. Let not the wife depart from her husband. But, and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. And let not the husband put away his wife. Other verses of scripture that I've never heard taught at a church group. Romans chapter 7 verses 2 and 3. For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. I have heard them say we don't go by the law anymore. But this is the law of God, not the law of Moses. And this is written in the New Testament church. For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law of God to her husband, so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. That's Romans chapter 7, verses 2 and 3. We have a woman in our church group who wanted to remarry after a divorce. She took the man she wanted to marry, and they went to a preacher to see if she could remarry after divorce. The preacher said to her, Well, of course you can remarry after a divorce. My sister is remarried after a divorce. He never told her what the Bible says. She later was born again and saw by the Bible, by the New Testament scriptures, that they committed adultery. And she was so mad at that preacher. And the Holy Spirit said to me, well, wasn't she already having sex with the man she wanted to marry? And I said to her, weren't you already having sex with the man that you wanted to marry? when you went to that preacher to ask him if you could marry? There was a gap of silence, and then she said, Yes. <laughs> well, you see, that made it a moot point. There's no real reason to be mad at that preacher because he allowed her to commit adultery. She was already committing fornication. Don't go to a preacher to ask about this subject. Today we have computers who type in the word divorce scriptures in the New Testament. They'll pop up on your screen and you'll see all these scriptures that tell you that if you remarry as a woman after divorce, you commit adultery. 
They will tell you about the subject of adultery. Mark chapter 10 is another scripture that's not often quoted. Well, I've never heard it quoted at the church. Mark chapter 10. Once again, it's the word of Jesus. Start reading at verse 6. From the beginning of the creation, says Jesus, God made them male and female. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. So then they are no more two, but one flesh. What therefore God hath put together, let not man put asunder. How do you get to be one flesh? Paul tells us, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Start at verse 15. Paul is going to tell us how the two become one flesh. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the member of Christ and make them the members of an harlot, a prostitute? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two saith he shall be one flesh? Even if you have sex with a prostitute, you become one flesh because at the time of sexual intercourse, you become one flesh. That's how you become one flesh. Verse 18, Paul says, Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. Have you ever heard that taught at church? Why not? This is terribly serious. It should be taught to every young person. It should be taught to the congregation. I've never heard it taught anywhere at church. Here it is in the Bible, telling how you become one flesh. This woman that I told you about a minute ago, who went to see if she could remarry after divorce, she signed a pledge at the Baptist church that she wouldn't have sex before marriage. She had sex before marriage. She became pregnant. She and the young man married, and then they had a second child, and then they divorced. Now, what if she had been taught at the Baptist church? At the time of sexual intercourse, the two people become one flesh, so don't do this. That's the power to stop these younger people from committing fornication. That would be the power to stop many married people from committing fornication. And yet I've never heard it taught at a church because some people have done that and they would be embarrassed. They've committed fornication before they were married and they would be embarrassed. 
the Bible is what you teach to warn the people, especially as the days grow more evil. Now let's go back to Mark 10. Look at verse 11. Jesus says, Whosoever shall divorce his wife, put away his wife, and marry another, committeth adultery against her. And if a woman shall put away her husband and be married to another, she committeth adultery. I've never heard this taught in 45 years at any church I've attended. It would offend people. But it's salvation. It's salvation. These things in the New Testament are salvation to us. Don't do these things. These are things against God, sins against God, fornication, adultery. Another thing I've never heard taught at any church, I've never heard the scriptures concerning homosexuals and lesbians taught at any church. Romans chapter 1. Start at verse 22. Now this is concerning homosexuals and lesbians as you will see when we reach verse 26. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. What they did is worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator. In other words, looking at the mountain and worshiping the mountain. Isn't that beautiful? Never thinking of the God that created the mountain. Never thinking of the God who created the sun and the moon and the stars and the heavens. Verse 26. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. Now, this is what God thinks about homosexuals and lesbians. It's vile affections. It's not what I think or you think, although we conform our thinking to God. But it's stated by the Spirit of God in the New Testament Bible. It's what God thinks. For this cause... God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men 
leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust, one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. No, they were not born homosexual or lesbian. They were born male or female. God turned them over to be homosexuals and lesbians because they wouldn't worship him properly. That's what this says right here. All this turmoil that goes on in the churches today over this subject would be settled if they considered what God said about the issue instead of trying to reason it with fleshly minds. God turned homosexuals and lesbians over to vile affections, verse 26. Can they be saved? Of course. Can an adulteress be saved? Of course. If they acknowledge that what they have done is the sin against the word of God, the Holy Bible, and they repent from their sin. What did Jesus say to the woman taken in adultery? Go and sin no more. John chapter 8. So yes, of course, a homosexual can be saved. A lesbian can be saved. An adulteress can be saved. A drunkard can be saved. And no, drunkenness is not an addiction, as the medical people want to say. That wouldn't be a sin. Drunkenness is a sin. How do I know? That's what the Bible teaches. You can drink, but not to excess. Drunkenness is one of the things Paul lists in 1 Corinthians 6, and so is effeminate, which is homosexual, that says they who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's a sin. It's not a medical disease. It's a sin. Now, how do I know? Okay. Let's read two passages of Scripture, which I don't remember ever hearing these read at any church, but they're in the New Testament Bible. Start at verse 9 of 1 Corinthians 6. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, homosexual, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And he says, but some of you were those things, but you're born again, you've repented, you've been saved, you don't do that anymore. Now let's look at Galatians chapter 5. 
Verse 19, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, adultery, witchcraft, hatred, variance, debating and arguing and striving, emulations, trying to outdo one another, wrath, strife, sedition, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revilings, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, says Paul, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. These things should be preached at church. I attended a church named Word of Faith for several years. I never heard any of these things spoken at church. Our Bible teacher of the singles class, while he taught at church, was going to the bars, picking up women, and having sex with them. When I found out about it, through a neighborhood woman, not a church woman, she told me, she said, he's such a bad influence on my boyfriend. This church man is a bad influence on her boyfriend. This is a worldly woman, not a church person. I went to him and I said, tell me about this girlfriend. And he was so evasive. And I said, are you having sexual intercourse with this woman? And he said, of course. He didn't care if I knew. He would rather I have not known, but really, he didn't care. He was our Bible teacher at the time this was going on. Now, don't you think if the preacher had been speaking some of these scriptures, he would have been more likely to not be doing these things? Granted, he shouldn't have been doing them. He knew the Bible. And he shouldn't have been doing them. But I just think it'd be more likely that the church wasn't committing sin if the preachers preached the scriptures that are against sin. Do you hear them preaching these things today at your church you attend? I've attended many. I've never heard them preach these things. They want to have big congregations because it glorifies themselves if a lot of people come to their church. And they have a great deal more money if they don't offend people. But it's watered down to the point it's almost meaningless. And I know a Baptist woman who doesn't go to church anymore, and she said it's so watered down. And I can't find a church to go to because it's really so evil. They don't speak the whole truth because it would offend people. And God has taken me out of several churches for that reason. I just read the Bible and, so to speak, fellowship with the few people that I can find who really 
two scriptures. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.